0: Imagine this, you're in Charm City. It's the 1970s. If you're white, you're wondering what's happening to your Baltimore. The bustling rail in Docktown with jobs of plenty and a firm sense of fiscal stability. Factories are closing, crime is spiking. White flight has left large swaths of downtown in need of revitalization. If you're black, you know all too well what's happened to your Baltimore. The 68 riots the centuries-long eroding effects of slavery at downtown trading posts. All kinds of segregation, employment, transportation, school, church, and housing. But there's a football team. At least it's thriving. At least it's a unifier. In 1970, the Baltimore Colts won their first Super Bowl title. By 1972, hoping to recapture that magic, they draft a new guy, Glenn Shakenbake Dowdy, as the Colts' new wide receiver things can only look up for a city with a team this great to root for, right? For WEAA, I'm Stacia Brown, and this is Baltimore, the Rise of Charm City. Episode 1, Keep Shaking and Baking, an oral history of Shake and Bake Family Fun
1: Center. Yep. Who was the original owner? Is that the he is? Glenn yeah. Okay. No, Doughty. it was Glenn, Glenn Downey. Downey was the, the original With
2: right. 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 the Baltimore Anthony, Coles, right. Anthony yeah.
3: bought right. it
1: from him. Okay. I started skating when it first opened here in 1982, two, wasn't it? And Glenn Downey was in charge. And we had
0: wonderful time. Wonderful time skating.
1: Glenn Downey came here um, last year. He came here a couple times last year.
0: You're about to hear someone dynamic. Someone so warm and witty and humble, you almost forget he led an NFL team to three championships and then, somehow, managed to pull off one of the biggest, blackest feats in contemporary Baltimorean history, building a multi-million-dollar, 72 72-square-foot skating rink, bowling alley, and business complex in the heart of the hood. He did that in 1982, when black-owned businesses on that scale were scarce, not just in Baltimore, but nationwide. And here's the kicker. Despite the steady erosion of the neighborhood around it, decades of drug war and entrenched poverty, Shake and Bake Family Fun Center is still open nearly 34 years later.
4: This is Glenn Dowdy, formerly of the Baltimore Colts. Shaking and Baking is the name of my groove. Tried to help Baltimore move. When I got drafted by the Colts um, from the University of Michigan and uh, came to Baltimore, I was excited because of Baltimore's reputation as one of the top franchises in the NFL, which was really. Really exciting for me, and uh, being able to come to a, a football town was was exciting also. Baltimore was uh, particularly down at the Inner Harbor. Miss Brown was very vacant and dangerous, <laughs> and uh, the city was really going through some very very tough times. But when you when you move into a town, you always uh, are looking around and uh, seeing how the town is. And the town was uh, going through some very uh, tough times in terms of urban renewal and uh, particularly downtown. But uh, the fans of Baltimore were all welcoming to me and my family and um, we couldn't wait to get started.
0: Mr. Dowdy played for the Baltimore Colts from 1972 to 1979 when he was cut from the team. At the time, he was the sixth ranked wide receiver in Baltimore Colts history.
4: Got my degree in education and uh, economics at Michigan and uh, one of the things that that you realize in playing particular professional sports is that your your longevity is really uh, not long at all. The average uh, length of time that you can play in the NFL pretty much is like uh, about three years and one of the things that uh, I was always on the lookout for was just the uh, Plan B. I had a chance to meet with the people in Upton uh, who were going through a revitalization, and I met a dynamic woman named Lena Boone, who was the uh, president of the Upton Planning Committee. She had indicated that, you know, we needed to look at uh, a site that uh, might accommodate the idea that i had which was bowling and roller skating uh in a facility and uh, we started doing that probably two years before i uh really uh, re- retired from the nfl to pursue getting the shake and bake family fun center out of the ground and that was a very tough process a very challenging process the subway station was being constructed right down the street and also, we were able to uh, get the bus, busing uh, line to be right in front of the center to maximize the um, accessibility of the facility.
0: Pro tip. If you want to know whether or not an initiative truly intends to serve a low-income, embattled community, the proof is in the proposal, especially in the accessibility section. Contrast Mr. Dowdy's planning team's careful consideration of centrality to public transportation with current Governor Larry Hogan's late 2015 decision to gut a proposed metro red line that would have given thousands of low-income, unemployed Baltimore City residents access to jobs in much better sections of town. Shake and Bake not only brought safe, fun entertainment to the people, it also employed about 150 city residents when it first opened. I asked if crime was ever a concern.
4: I'm from Detroit, and mm-hmm. so it was nothing that fazed me
3: mm-hmm.
4: relative to uh, the basically the community. It wasn't anything that I locked into in any kind of trepidation or, or concern. It was like the focus was, we need this because this is going to be enjoyable for families. A lot of kids are going to be able to be in a positive atmosphere, and um, we would be able to provide jobs for a lot of folks that were in the area
0: but it wasn't easy even for a pro athlete
4: when i was cut from the colts uh i went to uh denver and i still had two years left on on my contract and uh i had to make a decision when i went to denver whether i was going to follow through on uh the building of shake and bake or uh continue playing and uh I just felt that it was uh my commitment to the city was to get to to follow through on what i started and uh i remember having a conversation with uh, my attorney bob Shields, saying that man if you if you stay in denver the uh, the project is dead and uh, I, I won't forget that and i said uh well i'm on my way back man we're gonna get this done One, two,
0: Mr. Dowdy had secured a $1.4 million grant to help fund Shake and Bake, but he needed additional funding from the city. So he took out a loan.
4: The city required a certain kind of loan structure that uh, eliminated the $1.4 million that we had secured for working capital that I had envisioned using for the first uh, three or four years of the facility. And that was uh, very, uh, that was very costly down in the inner harbor they were given waivers on loans and interest payments for 10 years they didn't have to pay anything when they were building down in the inner harbor for 10 years they didn't have to pay on principal or interest because they were interested in getting them to come down to the inner harbor and that was one thing that we didn't get when we uh first uh created shake and bake and that's that's one of those things that uh, you look back on and you said you if you had known uh, you, you would have pursued it
0: Can you recall whether or not any of the businesses that opened at the harbor and benefited from that were black owned or were most of them Oh no, Miss <laughs>
4: Brown <laughs> No way In 1983,
0: no. the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights published a report that assessed the extent to which black communities benefited from things like Harbor redevelopment initiatives Spoiler alert The commission found that except for, quote, deliberate and race-conscious efforts, minority participation in the economic development of the city was negligible.
4: And I'll never forget this. It was a situation where ABC News was doing a story on the um, resurgence of Baltimore. And ABC crew was in the mayor's office. And um, I'm sitting there just getting ready to go in to talk to the mayor. And I was just getting ready to go in there and talk to him about uh my feelings on how the city need to go ahead and back the Shake and Bake Family Fund Center and the guy who was getting ready to do the story for ABC was was uh, he knew me from, you know, sports and stuff. And then, uh, he and he'd heard about Shake and Bake and I said, Well, you know, the city needs to make a major commitment to the neighborhood. They're not doing anything for the neighborhood. All of this is going down at the Inner Harbor.
0: The crown jewel of Mayor Schaefer's downtown redevelopment campaign was the National Aquarium, which opened in 1981. In an interview with WBAL-TV at the grand opening, he's careful to mention support from a black constituent.
4: ...about that than the mayor himself. As I've said so many times, i walked the street and asked people, why are you for the aquarium? And I think there was a number of answers. One, oh, it'll be a good attraction for the city. Oh, it'll be an entertainment. There was one black fellow, I walked along, I said to him, why are you going to vote for the aquarium? He said, I'm going to vote for him because of this guy right here, with his grandson. And he said, he's going to learn about the sea, he's going to learn about animals, he's going to learn how to keep the environment clean, and that's why I voted for it.
0: The aquarium is still one of the Inner Harbor's crown jewels, but it can be staggeringly cost prohibitive for low-income families. Today, the average cost of aquarium admission is $24.95 per child and $39.95 per adult. A family of four then would pay a total of one hundred and thirty dollars, even on half-price Fridays, which begin at five p.m. That family would pay a total of sixty-five dollars. At Shake and Bake, Wednesday night is Family Night. Cost of admission: one dollar per person.
4: When I went in and talked to the mayor, and this was like at crunch time, uh, and talked to him about you need to be doing something in the in the um, in the neighborhoods of Baltimore. And because you're just, you're just doing all of these facilities down in the Inner Harbor and neglecting the neighborhoods of Baltimore. And I, I was looking straight in the eyes and saying, you need, to, you need to go ahead and do this. And he said, okay, Glenn, we're going to go ahead and do this. And he made a phone call uh, to the um, president of the city council and said, and I believe his name was Hyman, God, I can't remember, the city council president at the time. He said, we're gonna do shake and bake. (laughs) And and that that was it.
0: That was it. Forgetting the project greenlighted, construction was another story.
4: Look at all this money. Look at all the corporations.
5: The network, the when the
0: time came to hire contractors, Mr. Doughty only wanted to hire workers with a vested interest in the community of Upton. This ruled out a lot of white contractors. Unhappy about being denied jobs on the Shake and Bake project, they decided to strike. But Mr. Dowdy found a way around the protests.
4: You had positives and you had negative forces during the entire construction of the Shake and Bake Family Fund Center. And one of the negative forces that existed was Individual contractors who wanted to do uh, and, and secure contracts that had no connection at all to the community, no connection at all to what the Shaken Bake Family Fund Center meant, and so because I would not hire those majority contractors, uh, they got really upset and they came and struck, and we had a, probably about four or five hundred strikers around the Shake and Bake Family Fund Center wanting to close it down because I wouldn't give them contracts and I wasn't going to give them contracts because they they were not going to be uh, I think uh, active proactive for the community and to identify a Nigerian steel company out of uh, Washington DC that was ready to break the strike line to come in with steel to bring the frame of the Shake and Bake Family Fund Center right there, to Pennsylvania Avenue. And I will never forget when the police department was there, about four or 500 strikers were there. And that steel came in from the Nigerian company and they just parted the uh, the strikers and brought that steel straight into that ground, that, that uh, construction site. And all that steel started to get unloaded And that's why that baby is shaking and baking today.
0: Mr. Dowdy left Baltimore in 1985, but Shake and Bake is still very near and dear to him. Once it opened, Shake and Bake was managed by husband and wife Bill and Sandy Bradford, along with David Hinton. They held a skating fundraiser to benefit the Maryland Fuel Fund, frequent skating contests, and even started a Shake and Bake summer camp. One of Shake and Bake's early fundraisers drew superstars Muhammad Ali and The Temptations. To promote it, Mr. Dowdy and Muhammad Ali appeared on a local morning TV show. You may recognize the name of the host, Oprah Winfrey.
4: You can't imagine how good I feel when I get there and people say they grew up on skates mm-hmm. in the center and they, they come up and say they're glad they, that, I, that I put it there. That's that's a legacy and I'm, I'm very proud of that.
0: Next up, we'll hear from the community Shake and Bake serves. From roller skaters in their 60s and 70s who remember the facility when it first opened, to young people who can't remember a time when it didn't exist. This is Baltimore, the Rise of Charm City. On your source for cool jazz and more, WEAA 88.9, the voice of the community. What's it like to live in the shadow of a neighborhood's gilded history? If you're old enough to remember it in its heyday, you may walk its streets pining for the past. Well, movies. yeah,
6: Oh, yeah, but when they had their ride in 60, a bad lot bad. of people didn't know. Well, nobody really
1: built In between the time that they tore down here, that was like maybe about six or seven years before they built this place. It was kind of tough, but it's all right, and it's getting better.
0: Younger Baltimoreans don't remember the halcyon days of Upton when Pennsylvania Avenue was a stomping ground for black celebrities and a neighborhood popular among upper-middle-class black families. They do know it as the home of Shake and Bake Family Fun Center. For anyone under the age of 30, Shake and Bake is one of the most familiar, reliable landmarks on Pennsylvania Avenue. Shake and Bake, I would would call it like a landmark.
5: When you go to Shake and Bake, all you know is that you're going to see your friends, then you got bowling area downstairs, and then you got your little run where you can take off your shoes and socks and put them in a the little locker and shake and bake it's like it's big like it's real big it's on the avenue it's on yeah and when you get right there and you see shake and bake it's like glass it's like a little glass little thing on it and it says shake and bake and says the party and all that and then it's the food area where you go outside there you gotta pay it's three dollars to come in and two dollars for your skates and then when you get on the skates it's like fun because it's a big arena like it's Big area where you skate at.
6: The neighborhood surrounding Shake and Bake is a hood. It's called the Avenue in Baltimore slang. Uh, For 18 years of me living on this earth, it has always been a hood. So maybe it's been like that since Shake and Bake started. With Shake and Bake being there for so long, I don't think the neighborhood really affects Shake and Bake as a company or a business. I think that Shake and Bake... Uh, as long as people will spend money to go there, Shaking Bake will always be there. So,
0: We spoke to 2 longtime friends who can attest to that.
3: We had been skating out around Towson, and um, that skating rink closed. And we had been here a couple times, um, but not regularly. Uh, so after they closed Towson, we decided to come out here on Thursday nights for the adult skate. Um, when we pulled into a parking lot down the street and we're walking up coming out of the parking lot we actually got stopped by a couple policemen in a police car Um, they asked what we were doing in this area I said we were coming here to skate and he says well why are you coming here to skate don't you have any other place to skate and so we said well all our friends are here this is people that we skated with also out in Towson the same group of people that come here so um he seemed a little concerned and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was basically, you know. And then when we came in, like I said, we felt totally safe um, because it's the same people that we always skate with.
0: Arsenio G is a nationally ranked roller skater and a jack of all trades at Shake and Bake, where he's worked for two years.
1: I've been coming to Shaken Bake for like three years now. I do a lot here. <laughs> um, I've been here for like two years. It's a, it's a family. It's family oriented. and It's like it's a beautiful thing. The floor is real wood, like. It's real it's come from a real tree like old antique tree. Oh this is um this is history. This is this is a legendary ring and it's a beautiful ring.
0: At Shake and Bake, even the skates themselves have memories. Some of those skates are older than the children and teens gliding around the rink.
1: Shore grip, chassis, rodell boot. The boot itself, only boot for about 25 years. My boot has a level sole. Boots that they make now, if if you don't spend a certain amount of money they have rubber soles so they give, you know, the chassis comes off of the boot and all. Well I have leather. You wanna see it? Um my brother when he was alive, he bought some some skates called uh, Douglas Snider's one step up from these and they cost him 600 dollars We have people in this skate now who skate for a thousand dollars. I have a Deus. They are very expensive. They are about eleven $1, hundred dollars. They will not break on you <laughs> at all. I got my own skates. It's better to have your own skates because your own skates, they are trained. Only you can skate with them good.
5: Oh, I rent sometimes, but I, sometimes I have my own. Like I had these pink skates, but when I used to rent, because that's when I ain't having, I ain't know how to ride skates, so. When I used to rent, I used to get these old skates, and they was brown and white, and they was so cute. But they was just old, though. And yeah, they used to make me fall sometimes, cause they ain't, my skates had the little stopping thing on it, and theirs they they didn't. They got big little wheels on it.
1: Skating is is a um, a relief for me. It's a peace of mind thing. It's, it's the same crowd of people coming in. We have. Um, Like tonight. We have school teachers, principals, lawyers. These people are career people to skate in on a dog. And that helps a lot, too.
2: So Dr. King's birthday, every January Shake and Bake opened up free to the community. My mom didn't have a lot of money, so it allowed me to have somewhere to come in my sister. She oftentimes made sure we had skates, but you know we didn't have the outlet to actually go skating and enjoy the environment because funds were slim to none back in the era that day. They put the flyers out to all the schools in the area, so every kid in Baltimore City knew Shake and Bake had something free going on for everybody that was of age to come. So everybody came. Do you have children now? I have five. I bring them here to skate ever since they was three and four. It's Wednesday. It's a dollar. It's affordable. Oftentimes you don't have that extra money to pay for um, skate rentals and skate. So I invested in purchasing them skates. So I have somewhere to bring them to give me quality time for my children. It's important when you oftentimes you're working all the time. You want to be able to still do something that's family and shake it. big is what it is. They have skating rings out in the surrounding counties, but it's nothing like Shake and Bake. Shake and Bake is home, especially if you're African-American and you always uh, was in a city or in the areas that they call poverty-stricken. You tend to appreciate somewhere you have to come so you don't forget about it. And I pass a lot of skating rings to come to Shake and Bake. For me, this is home. This This is what I'm used to. This is culture. This is family. And it's always been that way ever since I was a child. So you don't forget your roots.
0: What's next for Shake and Bake Family Fun Center? Find out in the last segment of Baltimore, The Rise of Charm City. By now, you may be thinking hold up, funding issues from the start, dollar nights once a week for families, a deeply troubled neighborhood surrounding the facility. How in the world is this place staying open? After hours of interviewing, we're still wondering that too like a miracle, right?
6: Um, I always say we're a city that sits upon a hill that can't be hidden. Shake and bake. Family Fun Center is that. Um, I started here uh, in 1985. I started at the door taking tickets at the skating rink, which we'll go. So um, they called me everything from the ticket taker to the whatever, you know. Me being here is... um, Ordained by God, I don't, I don't have a problem saying that. Um, uh, I don't think that um, many can um, many can do this. No, because you're not just managing the internal <clears throat> part of the building. Externally, you know, I have to go outside and take care of stuff outside, and you know, I have to be security sometimes, and you know, move the people from sitting on the steps because I try to teach them: image is everything. You know, and this is not a corner store. You cannot hang around on the steps. So, you know, and they, they respect it. They, they move eventually. We're out here for justice for our brother Freddie. We're out here for justice for the whole community that has suffered at the hands of a corrupt police department.
0: We haven't mentioned this yet, but Shake and Bake is about a half mile from the intersection of Pennsylvania and North Avenues, the intersection that became the site of days-long protests following the death of 25-year-old Freddie Gray while in police custody. We asked a few people about that.
4: This whole issue was going on. Uh, they were, he, The kids and adults and teenagers and folks were saying, don't even think about it in terms of going into Shake and Bake doing nothing relating to any kind of uh, disturbance there, which was like, it was pretty much like it was an oasis within the framework of the, of the chaos that was going on.
6: I have to be honest with you. um, Some people have a phobia about Pennsylvania Avenue after a certain time. Um, but this before Freddie Gray? This was before Freddie Gray and even more so now, Mm -hmm. but a lot of Elfie back has been not coming in the area because of, you know, what they witnessed from April. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I'm not getting into a whole bunch of the finances, but it has impacted us greatly.
0: So did you get any of that impact money from the city?
6: Um, we did not, um, we didn't get any um, and we found out after the deadline, because um I didn't know that there was an economic impact. impact no I didn't know there was an economic portion of finances being allotted mm-hmm. I thought it was just the um rebuilding of businesses that were affected through the rioting and mm-hmm. things of that nature um so we kind of found out later on um so you know that that probably could have made a difference in and some things but um I mean, you just have to pick up and, you know... Some areas reinvent the wheel mm-hmm. and keep it moving.
0: It was impossible not to hear echoes of our conversation with Mr. Dowdy in this exchange with Anthony. For the second time, Shake and Bake had missed out on money from the city, some of which should have been earmarked for impacted minority businesses in the aftermath of urban blight. But like Mr. Dowdy, Anthony is forging ahead. Both men have big dreams for the facility moving forward. Nutrition and fitness programs... GED training courses, youth entrepreneurship efforts, and potential partnerships with philanthropic NFL, NBA, and NLB players. Listening to them both reminded me of a scripture from the Old Testament. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. We're all hoping that the center can keep shaking and baking on the fuel of its faith. This program is produced by Stacia Brown and brought to you by WEAA 88.9 FM as part of Finding America, a national initiative produced by AIR with financial support from the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Baltimore, the Rise of Charm City's field production team includes Ali Post, Mavish Raza, and Marsha Jews. Theme music by Mark Gunnery for the Center for Emerging Media. For photos and video from Shake and Bake and the people you just heard talking about it, visit RiseOfCharmCity.com or follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We're at RiseOfCharmCity. We'll return in two weeks with an episode about one of the country's oldest surviving black newspapers, The Afro American.